Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. Hello, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. This is Jill, and I am here uh, by myself today doing a solo episode. This is going to be a juicy discussion, but a short discussion around uh, old food narratives. So in the past, Danny and I, as you guys know, have been um, extreme dieters. Both of us were competitors for a time and, you know, have a lot of old food narratives and overcame a lot of our food scarcity and obsession around food. And every time we put out an episode around uh, food, food obsession, body obsession, et cetera, we do want to get some experts on here. But um, whenever we put up an episode about mindfulness or moderation or, you know, dieting, you guys really love those episodes. So today I want to share with you guys uh, just some tools and some insights that I use with my nutrition clients. So if you don't know, I have a separate part of my brand called Moderation 365. It's on Instagram at Moderation 365. There's a course associated with it. And Moderation 365 really is about teaching people how to live in the gray with their eating, how to even out the highs and lows in their eating. If you have a history of obsessive dieting, yo-yo dieting, depriving yourself and then binging later, Moderation 365 cuts to the middle of that process. So I typically say that it is learning to eat the same on Saturday that you do on Monday, the same that you do on Tuesday, the same that you do on a holiday, the same that you do on vacation, uh, the same that you do out at a restaurant. And so really it's about evening out the highs and lows in your eating when it comes to maybe depriving yourself, dieting, really being strict with your eating, and then maybe going off the rails because it's all too hard and you throw your hands up. So Moderation 365, again, cuts to the middle of that process so that every day you eat healthy, but also feel satisfied by your eating. Because at the end of the day, we really do have to like the way that we're eating because if we don't like it, then we're not going to be doing it for a long time. You know, diets can be fine. I've, I've, you know, especially had a lot of clients who in the past have done diets where they've lost 20 pounds, they've lost 30 pounds, they've lost 40 pounds. But unfortunately, at the end of the diet, there's always an end date, isn't there? There's always a time at which we are not going to be doing this thing anymore. So for example, if you, quote, diet for a vacation or you diet for your uh, wedding or you diet for a high school reunion or you diet for like we were doing for shows and photo shoots, there's always a deadline. And the problem is that when we really deprive ourselves getting ready or dieting for that event, when it's over, our physiology cannot handle that deprivation. We, it's all we can do 
to keep ourselves from just binging and overindulging. And I don't say it in a really, in a judgmental way. I see that in like a really clinical physiological way. So because our body is literally starving, it is not your fault when you feel the desire to overindulge or you just, you know, shut your brain off. I call it brain shutdown mode where we just shut our brain off and we just eat with abandon because it's all we can do. And so oftentimes when you have those maybe binging episodes or you have overindulgence episodes, um, you know, at the end of the day, there is a lot of potentially shame around that. And I don't want you to feel shame around that. That is normal. That is from your physiology. There's no amount of willpower that you can harness to, you know, there's no amount of willpower that you can possibly harness to keep yourself from doing that. You are in such a deprived state that your body just wants to eat whatever. So today I want to talk about some, um, some food narratives, some old narratives, and kind of start uncovering some of them. We're mainly going to focus on the idea of abundance around food so that we don't feel always in this constant feeling of deprivation or like we need to start over on Monday, or at some point these foods are going to be off limits, so I have to overeat them. We're going to talk all about abundance versus scarcity around food. So, you know, I want to talk a little bit about kind of abundance versus scarcity. And when it comes down to this, oftentimes I call this food FOMO. So food FOMO is this feeling that we get that at some point things are going to be off limits. So we have to eat them all right now. And a lot of this comes down to some of our earliest narratives around food. Maybe you grew up in a household where uh, you had to finish your plate before you could eat anything else. Maybe you grew up with a bunch of siblings or a big family where you're constantly fighting for food. Uh, maybe Maybe you have a history of dieting. And when it comes to dieting, oftentimes we will start a diet on a Monday. So it almost feels as though we need to eat everything in sight just to have it all out of the way so that by the time Monday comes around that we have a quote, clean slate. And so there's a lot of these kind of food, I wouldn't say marketing, but similar, you know, marketing around like it's, it's food pushing. And it's a lot of these kind of old school narratives around like, I don't want to waste food. And, and I want to talk about that here in a second. I have to finish my plate or, you know, I have to get my money's worth. That's a big one, especially uh, if you go to an all-inclusive resort or you're on a all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh, there's this feeling of, I need to get my money's worth. And if you think about it, and you break that comment down, it's kind of silly, right? It's like, okay, how is me eating way more food and stuff I actually don't want how is that improving my experience? I think oftentimes we think, okay, the more I eat of this food, the more delicious it's going to be. And that's not the case. If you're on a cruise and every night there's an all-you-can-eat buffet, like by all means have what you want. But at the end of the day, like if you're going to bed completely stuffed into your clothes every single night and hating life, that's an issue and that's something to look at. And so I, I want to question us on why sometimes we make decisions based on scarcity like this is the only time I'm going to have this, or it's an all-inclusive resort so that, so I need to get my money's worth. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm not judging it. Have whatever you want, have the full experience. But I would argue that having more food or having food that like just makes you feel awful doesn't actually improve your experience. I think sometimes we think like, okay, the more I have, the more I'm getting my money's worth of this. And so I want you to kind of ask yourself, 
Uh, is this actually serving me? You know, one of the things I always kind of tease my mom because she loves a bargain. She is someone who loves TJ Maxx and Home Goods and Marshalls and all these places. And I love that about her. And we kind of grew up going to, I kind of grew up going to these places, but everything was about a deal. So we always laugh now because, you know, we'll go to TJ Maxx and sometimes it's just about retail therapy. Like, oh my God, let me just get a whole bunch of, you know, crap that I don't really want, but it just feels good to buy it and to have it. And uh, one day I was, staying, I was at home for Thanksgiving or at home for Christmas or something. And she came home and she had um, like these Dove chocolate bars. I think I might tell the story before. Uh, she had these Dove chocolate bars, uh, ice cream bars. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that you liked them. But she had two packages. I said, oh, I didn't even know you ate those. And she goes, oh, well, I don't really, but they were, they were BOGO. BOGO, B-O-G-O, stands for buy one, get one. So she was at the grocery store and there's an end cap, you know, showing that these things are buy one, get one free. And she was like, oh, I don't eat those, but it's buy one, get one free. So I should get them because it's a deal. So I said to her, I said, okay, let me get this straight. You spent money that you weren't actually planning on spending because you because it was on sale. And she goes, exactly. I feel like I saved money. And so a lot of these things are funny to talk about. And my mom and I have obviously have this have had this conversation, but a lot of this comes down to these old programmed ways of needing to make the most of a situation or to get our money's worth or get a deal. So we end up, the outcome ends up being eating more food or food we don't actually want, in my mom's case, food that she didn't even ever eat or even desire to eat. But because these we have these kind of old narratives around food that we'll just capitalize on these things. And so a lot of people have this kind of scarcity around food. It perpetuates scarcity. And so the way that dieting does this for us, traditional dieting, you know, that will start on Monday or whatever, is that it sets us up for some sort of future deprivation. At some point, these foods are going to be off limits. If you have ever been on vacation and you're like, and you found yourself, maybe not consciously, but you found yourself like eating with abandon all vacation, it's probably because you know that it's your excuse that when you get home, okay, when I get home, all these foods are going to be off limits. So I have to overindulge now and overeat now because at some point, there's going to be this future deprivation. So we, I call this the Sunday night roundup when we know that if we're starting a diet on Monday, or even if we just feel like, okay, I want to be good this week, or I'm going to have the intention of being a, a clean eater this week, or whatever that intention is, I call it the Sunday night roundup where you just eat everything in the house on Sunday because you know, like, let me just get this stuff out of the way. Let me just polish off all this stuff because on Monday, I won't have the option of having this. Now, I want you to question that belief. I want you to question the idea that on Monday, you can't have a piece of chocolate or on Monday, you can't have a single glass of wine or you can't have cheese or you can't have bacon or you can't have some of these foods that maybe you'd have on the weekend. I want you to question that because oftentimes what happens is we have the best intentions going into a week. We're going to eat perfectly. We did our Sunday our Sunday food prep. We got our Tupperwares ready to go. Everything is super organized, which of course is a feeling we like. We like to feel organized. We like to feel like we're in control. And oftentimes what happens is when we diet during the week and we're so strict with our eating during the week that come the weekend or come Thursday night or come Friday, it's like all we can do to stop ourselves from just eating everything. And I call this the weekly deprive then binge cycle. And for me, I did this for years. 
every single Monday, I would have the best intentions. Okay, Jill, you're going to have more willpower this week. You're going to be better this week. And I would just like will myself to just try to eat as perfect as I possibly could. Now, perfect, of course, is subjective. But for me, it was competition level clean eating. And I remember Monday, I'd be good. Tuesday, I'd be good. Wednesday, be okay. Thursday, be okay. Like Thursday night, I was like, I need a break, right? I need a break from this. It's too hard. This is too hard. I've had a busy week. I've had a hard week. I'm stressed out. I deserve to have, you know, this burrito and ice cream and bottle of wine because I've worked so hard this week. And then what happened was when I broke that kind of perfect eating, I was like, I throw my hands up and I was like, well, what the hell? I might as well just keep going with this because I've already broken my perfect record. I might as well just have whatever. And I would turn my brain off and I would just eat with abandon Friday, Saturday, stuff myself. And the reason why I would stuff myself is because I felt like, oh my God, this opportunity to eat everything is going to, it has to go away at some point. It's going to go away. I have to make the most of it now because come Monday, there's no excuse to have this stuff. And so there's this promise of future deprivation that really perpetuates scarcity around food. And for me, my practice now around Moderation 365 is really abundance around food. And that comes down to seeing anything available to me at any time. So I don't feel the urgency and the scarcity of having to eat everything in the house on Sunday and Saturday because I'm like, you know, on Monday, I could have that if I wanted to. What's the big deal? I could have that if I wanted to. And what happened when I allowed myself to have these kind of like non-dieting foods on a Monday or a Tuesday, these small kind of what I call preemptive cheats, these small like little nutritional gimmies that would take the edge off, I started having those things earlier in the week. And over time, what happened was I wasn't having the compulsion to binge eat on Thursday or Friday like I normally would. I was starting to get to Friday and going like, I'm good. Like, I feel satisfied. I feel like I've, you know, I feel like I kind of had what I like this week. I don't feel deprived. I feel good. I could take it or leave it. And I wasn't having these huge binging episodes on the weekend anymore. Now that was really scary because I was previously, it wasn't good enough. I didn't feel like moderation was good enough. I was like, oh my God, it's Monday. I can't have a piece of chocolate on Monday. You're kidding me. Like that's just against the rules. And it's like, what rules, right? So for me, having a little bit on Monday took the edge off enough so that I felt satisfied on Tuesday. And having a little something on Tuesday took the edge off enough so that come Wednesday, I feel good. I don't feel deprived. So it's this constant sort of taking the edge off. And when it comes to these old food narratives, we really have to start to question them. You know, a lot of times uh, my clients are worried that um, they're going to get hungry. Or what if there's not enough food? That's a big thing, right? What if there's not enough? We're going to go to this, you know, especially if you go to a restaurant and you're hungry, we always over order, right? We're like, oh my God, I'm so starving. Let's get the appetizer. Let's get this entree. Let's get dessert. Like we just go off because our eyes are bigger than our stomachs. So what, is, what about instead if you, you know, order an appetizer and split it and see how that feels and then had an entree and split that and see how that feels. Could you not always just order more food if you were still hungry? I would rather potentially order less and then see how I feel, and then feel zero shame about ordering more food if I want to. To me, that's always the same. So it's not really about portions so much. I'm not like a big like portion size person. I'm a big mindfulness person. And if you have not listened to our episode, um, uh, Introduction to Mindfulness, Mindfulness 101, please go back and listen to that because I break down all these tools to even ask yourself those questions. That's what's really hard sometimes is even asking yourself those questions of like, am I full right now? 
Am I satisfied right now? How hungry am I right now? Am I craving anything right now? Those are mindfulness questions. They're little tiny prompts that is a practice to start to learn, especially if you're out to dinner and you know, you're eating, 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 and all of a sudden you look up and you're stuffed into your clothes. It's okay. Don't judge it. Don't beat yourself up about it. But we know at the end of the day, like that doesn't feel great. You know, no one loves to feel completely just stuffed and bloated and sick. And we don't love that feeling. So how can we start to feel in abundance around food. I'll give you guys an example. Um, You know, when I was starting to practice this stuff, this is back in like 2012, 2013, I was practicing uh, moderation and mindfulness. And I would go out to dinner because I don't cook. As you guys know, I actually stopped cooking when I quit dieting. Um, And so I, I was using going out to dinner like once a week or twice a week as a practice in being around some of these more tempting foods. And oftentimes I'd be like, ooh, we're at the Cheesecake Factory. Like I'm gonna get something delicious. And I caught myself and I was like, okay, but like, what am I, like, what are my goals? I don't wanna deprive myself. So I'm not gonna just get like, you know, lettuce leaves with lemon juice. That's not gonna make me feel satisfied, but I maybe I can get a salad that has, you know, some delicious marinated meat on it and some, uh, some cheese and maybe some avocado or bacon bits, like something that's gonna still be delicious, but it's not gonna be like all the way to getting like a fettuccine Alfredo or something. So I started navigating what I call navigating the middle and making those choices. So I went out to dinner and I would go out and, you know, at the end of the meal, um, whoever I was with would be like, do you want to get dessert? And I would be aware that I was about 80% full and I felt good, felt satisfied, have something delicious, not super depriving, but not like over the top. And I could, of course, have some dessert if I wanted to, but I would say, I'd say, you know what, I'm actually good. And I would surf the disappointment of that for like 30 seconds, right? When the server comes over and asks you like, hey, do you guys want to look at a dessert menu? You really want to say yes. You're like, yeah, it's so good. It's so delicious. But you also go, you know, I think I'm good. And I reminded myself in those moments that let's just say I get home from going out to dinner and I still am jonesing for something. I just want a little sweet. Could I not always just go back out and grab something if I wanted to? Can I just always just run to the store and grab something? Can I not stop at the store on the way home and get maybe a little bit of a healthier suite? And so this is this practice in abundance. Like we don't have to just have all the things right here all the time. Hey, y'all, we want to introduce a brand new sponsor. I'm so excited for this. Me too. We've had a really great meeting with them. (laughs) We've gotten to see the product. This is called Reset and it is spelled R3, the three looks like an E, S-E-T, reset.com. And why don't you tell them a little bit about what Reset is? Yeah, I'm so excited about this, you guys. This is probably the closest thing we can get to like a natural pill for stress. And as you guys know, Danny and I are, you know, we're obviously healthcare people and like we love just talking about the body and we've talked so much about nutrition and fitness and things like that. Reset is really cool because it's 100% natural. It is a supplement, but it's really subtle and it's designed to help you with stress. It's almost like a, um, and it's kind of like an adaptogen where it, it helps three different systems in the body. The first being the nervous system. So for example, the like fight or flight response. It helps like calm 
that response. The second thing is the endocrine system. So looking at things like cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline, especially if you are, we're in quarantine, like this is a really important thing to consider is how are you managing your stress? I know that a lot of people are feeling really anxious or feeling really uncertain. And, you know, again, we definitely don't think that just popping a pill is the way to handle it. But at the end of the day, this can help really just protect your nervous system, your endocrine system, and your immune system. It has uh, things in it that will help that as well. So there's actually two different products. One is designed for the day and this one is called Calm and you can take that throughout the day. And then there's one that's called Unwind for you to take in the evening and they just have different herbs. They're 100% natural. The Calm has L-theanine, valerian root, and flower. And the unwind, which is the evening one, as ashwagandha, passion flower, and chamomile. So those are like the um, the most important ingredients in these, the active ingredients. And y'all, this is just herbs. This is like thing. These are natural adaptogens to help mm-hmm. your endocrine system, to help um, your nervous system. Just it's really subtle. We actually asked them on the the call when we had it with them, like, hey, are we going to be like feeling this? You know, is it like we're popping a you know a pharmaceutical, or is it like you know taking <laughs> THC or something? Right. And they were like. You won't feel exactly that, but you'll notice just a general calming throughout. Like you might look back on your last week and be like, you know, I haven't been as stressed. I haven't felt as like anxious inside. All of us know what that feels like to have that like chest, super tight chest or that fight or flight response, or we're, you know, kind of like low blood sugar or kind of shaky. And what this does is looking back on your week or on your past couple weeks. And and if you're taking this consistently, they actually recommend doing like kind of a 14 day reboot. Um, And we can talk about that more uh, later, but I want you guys to think about, okay, is, am I dealing with stress right now? Am I interested in addressing it naturally um, while also doing all the other things that we know that helps to lower stress, like sleep and, you know, having hard conversations and doing all the things that, you know, you normally would do, but this can just totally help just on the biochemical level. So if you're thinking, okay, I don't want to have to, you know, take a bunch of pharmaceuticals and I, you know, don't have the money maybe for a counselor or something like this, this can be an option as well. I love it. And you know, what's really cool about this too, is you don't necessarily have to order it online. In fact, you should be able to find that at Target, at CVS, at your um, drug yep. stores. Yep. And so if you pick it up, we'd love for you to let us know. Take a photo, tag us, tag Reset, and let us know where you found it. And then you also can go to their website and they have a free 14 day uh, reset challenge. And yeah, it'd be cool. Remember, r3set.com. And um, if you guys use, what is it? The Best Life? The Best Life. A yep. checkout. As your promo code, you guys will get a deal. Yep. All right, guys. So back to the episode. So practicing staying in abundance. And there's a couple tools I want to share with you guys that I think can help. Number one is that kind of just going, okay, like food's available to me all the time. That was really... Uh, one of my main mantras when I was making the shift was there's always more where that came from. Any food is available to me anytime. So I don't have to polish it off right now all the time. And just that small mindfulness insight really helped. The other thing that really helped me with uh, feeling abundance around food, and this is really tough, especially if you're used to dieting, is I started sharing food more. And I know it sounds so silly, but for so many of us, we don't love sharing food. Or maybe you know someone in your life who doesn't love sharing food because it's this feeling of scarcity. Like, oh my God, I only have this one little portion and I can't give, and it's so delicious and I can't give any of it up because this is for me and you know, whatever the, the, a subconscious narrative is. And so I remember this one time when I was dieting, I would have a cheat meal, quote, cheat meal every Sunday night. 
and I would have Reese's Pieces and I would bring home a bag of Reese's Pieces and I would put it into some frozen yogurt and I'd make myself this like homemade blizzard type thing. And I brought home the, the Reese's Pieces one time and at the time I was married and I remember Jade just grabbed the bag and just took a huge handful and scarfed them. And I literally started crying I started crying. I was like, those are my Reese's Pieces. Like I had a specific amount I was going to have. And I was like, and I had to look at myself. He burst out laughing, actually. He actually burst out laughing. And I was like, holy shit, this is a problem. This is an actual problem that like, I can't share this food. Like if I can't have someone take some of my food, like what the fuck is wrong with me? And so I remember that moment. And since then, my practice has been sharing food. Okay. Even when it's so delicious and I don't want to share and there's not that much of it, I force myself to say like, Hey, do you want to try this? Or do you want to sip? Or, you know, do you want a couple bites? I force myself because it reminds me, it's a signal to my higher self that there is more food where that came from. So, um, you know, and again, we're talking about, obviously we're in the States right now. So, you know, if, if we're in a, you're in a developed country like this, there is food at places. And I don't want to just dismiss the fact that in some parts of the world, food is truly scarce. But if you are in, you know, first world country, th- then getting food is not an issue. And so, you know, giving food and reminding yourself that there's more where that came from really is a good insight and getting yourself to see yourself sharing food and offering it up does make you feel like, you know what, there's going to be plenty. And if there's not plenty, I can always go back and get more. And this comes down to like a lot of, you know, people tell me, well, I just don't want to waste food. Totally get it. You know, we definitely have a food wasting uh, epidemic and I don't want to contribute to that, but there's a lot of different ways that we can get rid of food without just having to scarf it all down and have way more than we actually want. So leftovers are huge, obviously, you know, and if you don't love leftovers, let's figure out a way that you can love leftovers. Do you have to add something to it? Do you have to heat it up? You know, do you have to, um, you know, add, like put it on a bed of uh, salad. Like what do we, what can we do to leftovers? Do you have to eat it within 24 hours? Like what are the rules around leftovers so that you can actually like them? Do you have someone else in your house who will eat your leftovers? Like my boyfriend will constantly be, he'll eat like any leftover I have. So, and it's not that you have to, when you're at a restaurant, like order half your food and take the rest to go. But I think a good practice is just leaving at least a single bite on your plate. So that's also something that I practice was was at least leaving a single bite on my plate just to remind myself that I don't have to polish it all off. Even if I wanted that, like, again, eating the last bite's fine. Like it's, it's totally fine. It's not like I'm going like, to gain 50 pounds because I had every single bite not, and didn't leave a bite. It's not that. It's not about the outcome. It's about the process. The process of seeing yourself leaving something on the plate is imp- incredibly powerful. So um, there's a lot of different ways that we can do that. You don't have to waste food. You can take a smaller portion to start. Um, You can ask for some of your food to go. You can use leftovers. Like there's a lot of different ways. The only, it's not, the only option isn't just scarfing it all and eating way past fullness and way past that comfort place. So remember that there's always more where that came from. You can always go and get more. You can buy more. Nothing is off limits anytime. And at the end of the day, you know, just seeing yourself practice this really is important. The last thing I want to share with you guys is a concept called situational eating. Situational eating is just a concept that I use with my clients. Um, It's almost like special occasion syndrome, right? Where, and I know that we all have this. Ooh, I'm so excited. We're going to the cheesecake factory. I can't wait to get a huge cheesecake. Like, 
at the end of the day, I don't care if you get cheesecake or not. That's not the issue. The issue is the mentality that we have around these special occasions. You know, I went to um, Italy a couple of years ago and I was there for two weeks and I ate, you know, bread every day or pasta or pizza every single day, you know, and I normally just don't eat that stuff. Not because it's bad or I, I judge it. It's just more like, it's not my thing. I, I'm not like a huge carb person. I love dietary fats. Um, but the food's delicious, right? Pasta in Italy is amazing. Pizza in Italy is amazing. Bread, of course, I'm going to have that. But, you know, for me, it was a good practice in having a little bit every day and exposing myself to those foods, but not over overdoing them, not being like, Ooh, I'm in Italy. I'm going to eat gelato for every meal. Like if you do, don't beat yourself up. It's totally fine. But at the end of the day, like I didn't want to come back from two weeks in Italy and feel like shit. And I didn't want to feel the compulsion to diet, frankly. I didn't, I wanted to be able to come home and just eat normally again. And to me doing that, those things and eating that way in Italy was eating normally. Sure, I'll have a couple bites. Sure, I'll have some pasta. Sure, I'll have a slice of pizza. Sure, give me a salad on the side, whatever. So allowing yourself to really see this as a lifelong journey, not this kind of like start and stop journey that oftentimes dieting becomes. Situational eating is when you're in a place and you feel the compulsion to get whatever the like special food is in that place because you're like, this opportunity is once in a lifetime, or I don't get to have this all the time, or it's once a year, right? So maybe it's grandma's apple pie on Christmas, which is delicious. And I'm not saying don't ever have it, but you don't have to eat half the pie just because it's like, it's only once a year. If you find yourself saying things like, it's a special occasion, it's only once a year. Um, it is, you know, I don't know, I'm going to have this opportunity again realize that those things are normal, but they're also scarcity statements. And oftentimes they can lead us to eating more and worse things than we'd actually want to. And I'm not judging it. I don't want, you know, I don't put moral kind of, um, I don't put morality on food. I'm not like, this is good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. I think don't judge it, but just be aware of it. To me, this is all about mindfulness and going like, okay, I'm going to go to the movies. Now, Am I just going to get popcorn because I'm at the movies or am I going to get what I actually want, which is, you know, maybe I'll get a diet soda. Maybe I have a protein bar with me. And again, if I have popcorn, it's fine, but I'm asking myself, am I just getting popcorn because I'm quote at the movies or am I having what I actually want? So this is where there's a difference between considering the situation and slotting yourself into just whatever the situation requires or making a choice of your own volition and being discerning and going, you know, what I actually want, you know, I could have popcorn, no big deal. It's fine. Like nothing wrong with it. But do I actually want that? No, I feel like shit after that. So much sodium, you know, I could barely bend my fingers. I feel super bloated. Like I feel just disgusting. Like that's just not how I, popcorn never stops being delicious, by the way. It's just like, can I make a choice that, and still be satisfied with something else? So for me, maybe I'll bring a protein bar that I just really love that has chocolate and peanut butter or something like that. And I'll maybe get a diet soda because that's delicious. And that gives me a little taste of sweet. And then I'll just see. And then you know what? If I'm halfway through the movie and I'm really wishing I got popcorn, cool. I'm going to go and get it. No big deal. Absolutely fine. But it's that small mindfulness practice that helps us be in tune with those decisions. So situational eating is, am I having this thing just because it's here or because I'm here? Or is this really a choice I'm making of my own volition? And reminding yourself that you can literally go get popcorn anytime. 
my, my brother, Danny, when he lived with us in North Carolina, we actually live right up the street from a movie theater and he would, he just loved popcorn. He just go get popcorn and bring it home. He wouldn't even go see a movie. So try not to make this like special occasion syndrome, like not like, Oh my God, I can only have popcorn at the movies or I can only have this, you know, uh, elephant ear or fried dough at the county fair because it's only once a year. Again, don't beat yourself up if you do it. But if you're constantly allowing the environment and the situation and the people that you're with to influence your food choices, then you're always going to end up feeling out of control. You're never going to really be able to truly trust yourself. And so a lot of this scarcity versus abundance and old food narratives really require us just to question them. Like, why do I feel like I have to polish my plate off? Why do, why am I scared of wasting food? Why do I feel like I have to get a BOGO deal at the grocery store when I actually don't even fucking want that food? Why do I have to eat beyond fullness at an all you can eat buffet just to get my money's worth. Like, does it diminish my experience if I don't stuff myself every single night? And I think you'll find that you you have just as good of a time if you don't stuff yourself and you can still feel satisfied without feeling deprived. You can still feel satisfied without going over the top. And so um, I want you guys to know that I it's not my intention to police your eating. These are all suggestions. These are all things to start to think about. These are all ways to kind of reframe situations to feel a little bit more in your power. I don't like uh, putting moral value on food. I don't love saying this is good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. Or I'm good. I'm bad. I'm right. I'm wrong. I don't think that shame around our food choices really helps the situation. I don't think that guilt has any utility. What I do believe in is ownership and discernment and mindfulness. And really that starts with us questioning a lot of these old beliefs around food. And so maybe if you have a few minutes, take out a piece of paper and just write down like, yeah, what are some of the old narratives that I have around food? Maybe situational eating wise, maybe my parents, you know, did this, or I grew up doing this, or I always felt like food wasn't going to be around. So really uncover maybe some of your scarcity narratives around food and write those things down and go, okay, how can I start to feel more in abundance? Do I start sharing food more? Do I start reminding myself or writing on a post-it note? Like, you know, I can always go get more. There's always more where that came from. You know, nothing is ever off limits because the feeling of at some point I won't be able to eat this because I have to be good again just perpetuates the binging and depriving. So I want you guys to feel as though you can have these quote bad foods or whatever they are on a Monday. And that's okay too. There's no rules to this. So this is just a little kind of overview, cliff notes version of some of the stuff that we break down in the Moderation 365 course. Um, But I wanted to give you guys some insight here. I'd be interested to know what some of your old food narratives are. These are always so juicy. So go into our closed Facebook group. Um, It's just thebestlifepodcast.com. We have a community in there. would love to hear some of your Uh, maybe some of your food narratives. There's no shame in any of it. All of us probably have very similar ones. There are no new stories when it comes to this, but, um, and just keep us in the loop on the, on the, on your journey when it comes to this stuff and give moderation 365, a follow on Instagram. If you want, that's where all the tools, examples, uh, frameworks, all that stuff goes. And let me know if you have any questions. I'd be happy to chat with you guys about or send you to a place that can help. But this stuff is all normal stuff. And I hope that you found this conversation useful. We'll talk to you soon. Bye guys. What? 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.